Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello and welcome back to episode 36. This week's guest is Mugda, who is the owner of Kindred and Wild, which is a small apothecary based in London. And I chat to Mugda about her journey to starting her business, but we also chat about Um, her kind of discovery of um, cycles and how she fits those around her um, her entire life but also her work life and how she structures um, her days around um, her energy levels and yeah just the cycles in general so without further ado let's dive straight in hi Magda hi Anna Hi, so let's jump straight in. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Okay, um, I uh, came here to London about 14 years ago, wow, this September actually, um, to study and I did a couple of different courses, mostly based in design. At the time, um, I had just done a fashion diploma in India and I'd come here to study further. And uh, yeah, I kind of just stayed on after that. Um, what I do with Kindred and Wild, or rather at the moment, is uh, I don't actually have a title for myself, but I sometimes sneakily use the word botanical alchemist because I can't find a better word or something that kind of uh, tells the story of exactly what I do. But uh, I, I have a small batch apothecary called Kindred and Wild. I make um, herb oils and balms, bath salts, uh, room fragrance, diffuser blends, incense and perfume and things like that. And uh, yeah, I'm also a freelance product stylist. So yeah, I work with a lot of handmade and small businesses uh to make the products look really nice in front of camera oh nice so so you do styling for during photo shoots and stuff yes yes Mm. and um uh i've only ever worked with uh, makers and designer makers and craftspeople and uh small independent boutiques and yeah indie businesses so i i don't have any experience doing um bigger brands and larger retailers it's all very small and personal which I love because I always almost always get to meet the people behind the brands and uh, businesses and you know it's amazing to see how passionate they are with what they do so yeah I love it yeah so it's one of the reasons I kind of enjoy doing what I do is because it is the fact that I get to hear um uh the stories of the founders of these Mm -hmm. businesses and you really you really kind of connect with you know what they might be going through and and yeah you really connect with the story so I I appreciate that yeah it's it's definitely I think it would be very different working with big brands where they'll just send someone in to to kind of organize this shoot and and you wouldn't necessarily get get all of that connection with it that's true and also I've learned so much about um, running your own business and you know things that people struggle with five years down the line ten years down the line and yeah and it's wonderful because I can completely relate to that having my own small business and also learn bits and bobs from them so 
yeah it's wonderful so much knowledge and creativity and lovely stories out there yeah and like you say obviously people are more than willing to kind of share what they've learned <laughs> their um maybe mistakes and and things that they would have done differently as well um so i guess it creates a, a community almost oh absolutely and also the amount of support i mean these these guys are willing to share uh their and you know network and point you in the right direction in a way and you know i guess this is this is a little bit lost generation but you hear all these things about um competition and bitchiness at workplace and you know not sharing resources and things because people are trying to get ahead mm-hmm. for themselves whereas this you know the small business community is completely not like that where everyone's like hold on yeah let's let's help each other out and let's all kind of you know um ride the wave in a way so it's amazing the support out there i mean i've made so many contacts which have now from my styling work which have actually been quite useful for my like the kindred and wild base as well so it's really nice yeah it's amazing so tell us a little bit about kindred and wild and i had a quick look on your website and you wrote that um, at a particularly low point in your life, you realized three things that mm-hmm. you wanted to work for yourself. You wanted to work with plants and you wanted to make, mm-hmm. so it had to be a, something tactile. So yes. how did you kind of arrive at that realization that that's what, where you wanted your life and your business to kind of, um, that, that was the direction you wanted to go in? Um, <clears throat> I think I was always very very biased towards nature i mean i i'm a nature lover quite uh, obviously and i always have been and um the way i started to kind of get into doing so basically okay i'll give you a bit of a context with why kindred and wild and why sort of small batch apothecary um i had been having lots of skin care skin issues I used to get lots and like terrible cold sores when I was at university. And this was, you know, gosh, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, I came across a recipe for a lip balm, which was supposed to be really good for uh, cold sores. And I thought, hold on a second. I've gone through so many tubes of Zovirax and it's not working. It just keeps getting worse and worse. So let me just try this. And I, I, I remember being completely like, bowed with the idea that this is a lip balm and it's also a medicine so you know because otherwise I had lip balms in my bag I had my cold sore you know tubes in my bag um so I just I was just amazed by this idea that this this product is like so multi-purpose and also that it was so easy I can make it myself and so I did and that's the only thing I used for two years and my cold sores had completely gone away. And then as I as I kind of came across other skin issues, um, rather than going to the GPs or going to a dermatologist, I preferred uh, to go to an Ayurvedic doctor back in India when I was visiting family. And that also helped me completely have a different perspective on health and so because the the kind of things that he said is like, okay, what are you eating? What's your lifestyle like? What do you do? When do you sleep? What's your stress levels like? And what the kind of meditations and stuff that he 
gave me were not actually for my skin. He didn't give me any creams. He didn't give me any sort of skincare regime. He's basically like, okay, we need to detox your liver because that's what's causing the problems. And so then you sort of realize, oh my goodness, your body's so intricately connected. And, you know, obviously that informed that what I'm actually putting on my skin is actually going into my bloodstream as well. So I was, I suddenly started becoming very aware and, you know, checking labels, looking out for parabens and synthetics and SLS and stuff like that. So I was kind of already, and, and that's how I started uh, as my skin started getting better uh, because of the dietary and lifestyle changes and the medications from the Ayurvedic doctor and they were all natural. Um, I started being able to put products on my skin because at one point I couldn't, I couldn't put anything on my skin except water. So then I started with the basics like olive oil or almond oil or coconut oil. And as I got better uh, with my skin, as I got more confident, I started mixing essential oils in them. I started changing stuff a little bit, playing around with different blends and stuff. And this has been going on for about, well, now about 10 years, but at the time, um, you know, I had been doing it for at least six or seven or eight years. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I was always leaning towards natural alternatives, even when I was a kid, when even when I was a teenager, I'd put all sorts of weird face masks made out of, you know, chickpea flour and all sorts of weird Ayurvedic powdered stuff in my hair. So I was always much more inclined to finding a natural alternative and avoiding allopathic medicine where I could. And uh, yeah, so when when the idea came that actually I, I really want to work with plants, that's, that's where the basis was because I absolutely love nature. And um, before that, I had been doing botanical dyeing as well. So I had had the taste of what it's like to go out and forage for things and come back and turn them into something else and something beautiful and, you know, use plants in your work and interact with them. You're touching, you're smelling them. Um, and that kind of sensory experience. Also the, the idea of coming back um, and looking through my plant identification books of what's, what's this new thing I found? What can it do? How can I use it? For me, that, that bit of exploration was, was my adventure. Um, that's what would get me excited every day. Like if I go to the park, what, what new thing am I going to find? So I had had a taste of that a little bit when I was doing the botanical dyeing and the, the pleasure and satisfaction you get from that, that sort of feeling of um, having found something new and uh, yeah, interaction with the nature and plants. It was just, it was amazing. So I knew I had to work with plants and also I had to find something tactile to do because I, I absolutely have to make, if I don't make stuff, I would go mad. <laughs> um, so yeah the low period in my life had come out of um basically i had just quit a job and i was i was like really what's going on where is this life going what does this all mean what do i want for my future and you know asking the really big questions and i realized throughout my past of you know working in retail and stuff that i i was actually maybe maybe it was time to admit that uh maybe working under somebody else or for somebody else was just not for me 
because there was always an inkling for it. I just never wanted to admit it because it's so not normal, right? It kind of sets you apart from everybody else. And it was a bit like, oh, well, why, why can't you just get a job? Everyone else is doing it. And I'm like, actually, I can get a job. It's just, you know, six or nine months down the line, it starts making me miserable or something goes wrong with it, even if I am enjoying it. And that's been, you know, a certain circumstances forces me to quit the job, which has also happens. Uh, so it's just like, maybe the universe just doesn't want me to work for someone else. So that's where it kind of came from, actually, the, the amount of freedom that I will find uh, control over time um you know that that what that was a big attraction for me to work for myself and so fill us in a little bit so what is it that you did beforehand you mentioned retail was that kind yeah. of within fashion no it was within uh, uh interior styling actually not even so much homewares so I worked for at different times. I worked for a paint company. I worked for a tile company. I worked for a soft furnishing company. I um, I was a buying assistant and I helped uh, set up a, a an independent shop from scratch as well. So I was on that team who did that. So that was actually a very good experience to see. Um, you know how to create the bricks and mortar shop right from the mood board um and getting all the products together and stuff but yeah within within the interiors realm really Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so how does running your own business kind of differ from working for someone else how how have you found it um definitely a lot more you know i i feel like i'm much more in control um especially of my morning routine i am not a person who likes to rush in the morning so even if i get up really early i don't rush if even if i get up really late i don't rush because i think that just that just sets me down the spiral of stress and anxiety even more if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so i i like to have my morning cup of tea like you know um slowly and take my time with it and I love to do things like um look out the window or we are we are on a first floor massonette so my kitchen door kind of opens to this fire escape stairs but it also overlooks all the others backyards and I get to see a lot of sky so that's the first thing I do usually I open the door no matter how freezing or raining it is I open the door and kind of just look at the morning and just breathe for five minutes and if you're working from someone else and you're rushing out in the first thing in the morning, it's like you never get those moments. You're always like, oh, I'm going to be late. I have to get dressed. I have to take a shower. I have to eat. Blah, 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 blah. So th- that's definitely a positive for me, like how I start my morning, because that's how, you know, that kind of dictates how my day is going to go in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess that routine is really important to you, um, having having kind of a nice slow morning to actually just enjoy like you say kind of you know looking out through the door and and having a you know a slow cup of tea and not having to rush absolutely Mm -hmm. and also I'm not a kind of I've I've only realized this sort of um since I stopped working really that uh, I'm not the kind of person who can eat at least one or two hours after I've woken up and that means that if I was at 
going to work. You know, I would either force feed myself breakfast before I get out the door and then I would, you know, walk really fast to the station, which is really not good for your digestion. Um, and it's, it's like my stomach's like, I'm not hungry. So I would just be eating at the wrong times for my body, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. So I guess it allows you to kind of take things a little bit more at your own pace. Yes, absolutely. And kind of, uh, you know, it allows me to work around things that are much more aligned with my body and what I, I need. As I said, like, you know, whether it's the slow morning cup of tea or coffee or, you know, being able to have breakfast like two hours after I woke up rather than, you know, 15 minutes after I woke up and then having to rush in the morning. So, yeah, it's kind of obviously impacts your health as well, because that's that not having to I I would either end up skipping breakfast because I wasn't hungry and then be hungry, really hungry uh, by 11 or I would end up eating and then feel really bloated before lunch. So either way, it was not a win for me. And now I can really control that. I can really be like, okay, now my body wants food. I can eat now. Or right now I don't feel like it, so I don't have to rush. And that's kind of affects your health in the long term. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that obviously kind of prioritizing those things is important mm-hmm. to you. Because I think a lot of the... Um, women I speak to even though they work for themselves and technically they're very much in charge of their own routines and how they work they still find it hard and I'm, I think myself included a lot of the time uh, find it hard to give ourselves almost that permission to actually mm-hmm. say this is more in flow with how I work with mm-hmm. my productivity or any of these things and actually just honoring that and allowing it to 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 be as it as it would be kind of aligned with our body clock and everything else mm-hmm. oh yeah um, absolutely yeah I don't know did you did you was it something that you did and followed instinctively or or is it something that you struggled with to begin with I think that's one of the reasons why I'm like okay if I can work for myself I can actually be a lot more in line and aligned with my body and you know say I like at least twice a week sometimes three times a week I go for a nice morning walk which is it's usually important to me important to me and for my well-being and I think that's one of the things that kind of when I say that because of my skincare issues I started going to Ayurvedic doctors and stuff and that really started to transform the way I looked at health and life and when I say that um whatever I do with Kindred and Wild and with the business, it comes from a very holistic perspective of health and life. This is kind of part of it. Like if I can't take care of myself, I'm kind of the biggest asset to my business. And if this is important to me, I need to prioritize it. And I think that's when, you know, that dark night of of my soul, that's one of the things I learned. Actually, I, I need to be well to be doing things well. Mm-hmm. And, um, being at somebody else's routine doesn't necessarily work for me so it's not something necessarily I struggled but it's something that I I suppose I I realized quite early on and in a way I've kind of made decisions to work around it and that's one of the reasons why I love being a freelancer and working for myself because my decisions are based on what's valuable and what you know what's um important to me rather than to a different like somebody else's company or somebody else's 
um, you know, work routines, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess what you're saying is that you're very much choosing, like intentionally choosing to honor those cycles and honor what feels right. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. And, you know, we, I think today's, the, the general, the mass population, I think there are definitely more and more people who are getting more in tune and more aware of this. But we are, we are part of nature and nature works in cycles. Nature does not work in linear patterns or, you know, in upward trajectory graphs. It works in cycles. So if you're having a high, you're going to have a low too. And that's okay. And I think understanding that about yourself, but that you will go through that in your creative life, in your business life, in your personal life, in your body clock life, is hugely important because for me, I, I, can't, I can't imagine working any other way now because I've been doing this, um, sort of trying to be aligned with the seasons and you know, stuff like that. Obviously, I'm not saying I'm completely there, but just making that effort feels so much more in flow. And I feel so much more, um, I don't want to say in control, because that kind of is a bit contradictory, but it just aligned. I think I'm a huge, huge um, believer of cycles and patterns, because like I said, nature doesn't work in straight lines. It works in circles and cycles. Uh, yeah, and something I spotted um, again that I read that I guess the business was born out of the idea or the want to inspire others to reconnect with plants around us. And I guess mm-hmm. I wanted to ask why you feel that that's important. Um, right, so that's kind of slightly shifted a little bit recently (laughs) I had a bit of like aha that's Mm -hmm. what was missing kind of a Mm -hmm. moment but when I did start I think like I said when I was doing botanical dyeing I would go for foraging Mm -hmm. and I you know I it was obviously important to know what plants I'm picking if they're poisonous and stuff like that so I'd pick plants I'd I'd sort of completely self-identify and self-taught uh regarding all of this dyeing bits um but the more I learned about the plants, I was like, oh my God, this, I found this in the park. I was, I found this in the, by the wayside. And this book says it's like medicinal. I can do this. It can do that. And, uh, you know, 500 years ago, people used it for, I don't know, whatever, uh, fevers and dysentery and God knows what else. So finding out that information for me was like a little bit like a nerd. It was such a, like a buzz and a high for me. I'm like, how, how do people not know this? How do people not know what's growing in their gardens and what you can do? Um, how do people not know uh, that certain weeds that people literally just throw out of their gardens are actually super useful in the household? Mm-hmm. And that kind of question, that sort of bafflement, really like, what's, how do they not know this? It's like, it's everywhere. Plants are everywhere. That kind of started to really get to me at one point because, you know, at some point in history, this would have been common knowledge this would have been like a commonplace knowledge or wisdom and we're starting to lose that because people are so used to just popping a pill when they have a fever or taking you know taking a paracetamol when they have a cold and uh, we are so used to that that 
which is also, by the way, not necessarily always good for you, um, that we have not, and, and, and also, I, I sort of suddenly realized that if people knew um, what was growing in their back garden, how to use it, if people knew the, the trees, every single tree on your street, if you knew that, and if you knew what it could do, what its name was, I think people will view nature in a completely different way. We are going, to, you know, you would hear this a lot from other people as well. I'm not the only one saying it, that this age is where humans are so completely disconnected from nature. And that's because we have forgotten the relationship we have with it. So I guess it's one of those things, like those questions kind of kept me awake at night. It's like, why, why, why do people not know that? Why don't, why don't they see it? Why don't they use it? So I guess that's how it kind of started that I wanted to use herbs in my practice and in my products and hopefully that would kind of encourage at least some people to find out what they are and do their own research and maybe that would inspire people to reconnect with nature um, and find out what what nature and plants can do for you because I guess the base reasoning behind that was if you don't have a positive relationship with someone something if you don't have that bond you are a lot less likely to care about it and i think we are in a place in the world where we really do need to care about our planet and we do really need to care about nature and in order to preserve it in order to take care of it we have to we have to find a relationship with it and the idea with Kindred and Wild was that it was natural. So what you're putting on your skin, what you're using for your everyday rituals is actually inspired from your plants, uh, the plants around you most likely. Um, and yeah, hopefully that would, that would, you know, inspire you to find out more about the plants and that would kind of create a relationship with plants. And yeah. Mm. I think you're certainly right that we, have become more more and more disconnected from nature but I do feel like there is a, a shift to reconnect uh, I yes. certainly feel that myself that I'm kind of looking at ways in which I, I can um, be more in line with my cycles and, and just be more out in nature and actually mm -hmm. I'm kind of seeking that and I don't know if it's because of maybe you know where I'm at in my life, or, you know my age perhaps, but but I, I do feel like there is a shift um, that is kind of rumbling somewhere under the surface. Oh yeah, totally. I can feel it too, and I think uh, I mean obviously this was this was my thinking before I started Kinderwell, which was now about four years ago four, yeah. four and a half mm -hmm. and I think definitely in the last four years things have changed so drastically and people are so much more um willing to engage in things that they might not have 10 years ago um and definitely the alignment with seasons and cycles uh I can see more and more of which oh it, it just completely makes me so happy and optimistic and positive for the future because actually there are more people who are reaching out and looking for the reconnection uh, and that's beautiful. Yeah and so tell us a little bit about the kind of journey you've been on to learn about your cycles and, and how does that affect your everyday life I guess? Oh it affects it's completely changes it 
but in in such a good way and in such um sort of easy foil way um so let me explain what i mean by what i've you know i've been trying to learn about my cycles more especially in the last sort of well definitely all of this year uh maybe some part of you know end of last year as well uh so i've always been tracking when my period comes and then at some point it you know it, it hit me that like, hold on a second that's this whole idea about they used to call it the moon cycle and stuff is that really true so then i started tracking it alongside the lunar cycle but i was basically just making a mark on in the calendar hoping that one day i have all this data that i can give somebody and they can like you know resolve it and analyze it for me and tell mm, me what it means time patterns and... <laughs> exactly so yeah I had, been, I'd, I'd been doing it for like a good gosh i think ever since i can remember since i was a teenager so i'd always been doing that but uh because i've read some really fabulous books recently uh the one that i have to mention i literally am telling everybody about this even <laughs> strangers um about period power by Maisie Hill and it's just it was one of those like what they never teach you that in school I was like oh my god I didn't know this about my own body and that's like how did I have to wait 32 years to find this out so that's kind of really really kind of you know motivated me to make a few changes and one of the things I'm doing is I'm actually tracking uh how my emotions are throughout uh a lunar cycle and then I can compare it with sorry my period cycle and then I compare it with the lunar cycle and it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating and um, I don't know if you know about red tent oh I don't know if I do oh okay so red tent is a movement uh, that's basically a woman's circle once a month and it happens in local groups so there's like every like loads of them all over UK and probably some internationally as well. And I've been going to my local red tent since last Jan or your February, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well over a year now. And it's, it's amazing how just two hours in a room full of women so very, very subtly has changed things for me. Like I can't, there are no words for it because I don't actually know how I'm going to, what, what they what it has changed but it's very subtle but it's very very amazing and beautiful uh there is definitely a sense of empowerment that comes through with it but basically yeah that's what happens and through through going through red tent i learned about how seasons can manifest or rather uh there are parallels of the external seasons of the year to the internal kind of you know whether it's your period or whether it's your lunar cycle so things like for example the full moon is kind of the equivalent to summer the energy is really high you feel motivated and you know you're kind of in a party mode and the new moon is kind of like the winter where you sort of want to hibernate don't want to talk to people and just like completely drawn inwards like you know underneath um and if you sort of see that there is definitely parallel of that with with a period cycle with a menstrual cycle for women especially so ovulation is like um the summer 
where you're kind of out and about, you're superwoman and you've got all this energy and your actual menstruation, the period is your winter where you kind of don't want to talk to anybody. You just want to be on a couch or, you know, those kind of things. And if you, if you look at that, there is always these parallels. And as I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer of cycles and patterns. So I've been trying to track where they are, what happens. Are there any specific days where I, you know, I am specially energetic and confident and are there specific days where I'm specially low mood and low energy and um, you know feeling self-doubt and once you start to know that it becomes quite easy to see that actually I don't want to have social engagements when I'm going to feel low and don't want to socialize and at the same time I actually want to do the most highly demanding tasks or super energetic sort of networking or social things when I am in a certain period time of my period Mm -hmm. and once you know that it's like actually this is how I can plan my diary it doesn't matter if it's Saturday or Sunday or Monday it's like this is where I'm gonna be on an emotional level and so this is what I want to do because that's that's where I can make the most of it it's basically just aligning tasks and your your life around that mm-hmm. and that's kind of hugely changed stuff for me because um even just th- three months four months of doing this now um i know like yeah so you actually your i think your question was how is it affecting your everyday life it's like it's it's actually completely changing it and i'm so much more trying to be in tune with the flow and in tune with where my body is and what it needs and honoring that and also using so every every phase every season will have a pro and a con you know um so but being aware of that really really helps because you kind of get to know yourself in a different way yeah no it's it's something that i've been exploring and oh really um yeah I've, i've been tracking my cycle for quite some time although it's kind of a bit sporadic here and there um but i definitely pick up on um times in which i i'm definitely you know low on energy and i need more rest um and i guess it's about then taking that information and doing something with it and and being intentional about how you schedule your days how you Mm -hmm. schedule your diary and all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and so sorry go on no I was gonna say that's that's for me that's definitely affected my productivity a lot it's it's helped me uh get the most of when I do have energetic spells and uh to understand that if I know that this is when I am I'm going to be low energy or not feeling that great then to actually make some room for rest because if you don't rest you can't actually do anything else it's like it's like trying not to sleep yeah I've noticed that if I don't rest around the start of my cycle around where Mm -hmm. when I get my period I I Mm -hmm. tend to then it has a knock-on effect um, over the next few days where I feel even more tired and it, it does kind of really yeah it's almost mm-hmm. um almost um I don't know it kind of hits you twice as hard I guess yeah it does it kind of it, it's you sink a l- lot lower but on mm-hmm. the other hand I I've noticed this and I remember there were definitely been two or three days in the last couple of months where I'm like 
oh my god did I just do all of that in one day it's like how have I met like seven different sets of people and been super social and I'm not sleepy and it's 12 o'clock and so you know it's like oh actually that's because I'm I'm in my ovulation period so I'm super energy anyway but because I've gave given myself enough rest to you know throughout my like first uh, sort of set of the cycle it's kind of paying off in the second half because it's like actually I'm well rested which means now that I've got energy I've got super duper energy whereas you know otherwise you kind of tend to flatline a little bit yeah yeah and and so how do you track your cycle Uh, how do you track it all um I've been keeping a journal uh so just trying to um uh yeah write down at least a couple of words about how I've been feeling, where I've been emotionally. It sort of trails off. Like once you start writing, I'm like writing every single detail of my <laughs> life. I'm like, actually, I don't need this. I just need to know how I've been emotionally. And um, yeah, how I'm kind of, I sort of tried to t- track confidence levels as well, because for me, that was that was my PMS. Like I would go in some serious um self-doubt which is which is not great for your productivity it's not great when you're running a business and I'm like oh my god should I do this what am I doing what am I doing with my life yes you know constant thoughts of that I was like oh my god like every month I can't spend a week doing this it's like and then you have to spend like a few days recovering from it right like talking yourself up yeah yeah no I can totally relate to that a (laughs) hundred percent I think a lot of women can I'm sure yeah but that's what I mean for me that that's been so much um less so much so significantly less in the last couple of months since I started tracking it because I'm like hold on a second that's what's happening on day 23 I need to watch out or be prepared for it before and so now if I feel like a thought a negative thought or self-doubt coming in I'm like hold on a second you know what it's it's just because I'm premenstrual that's it and I can actually let go of that rather than getting suck down the spiral of the self-doubt yes of course because you obviously once it kind of shows up a little bit you are likely to then dig deeper and and try and find a you know find out why but actually sometimes it's as simple as as you say it's your premenstrual and it's as simple as that yeah and then I kind of I kind of then I'm like okay hold on a second it's it's it's, this is premenstrual either I will go in in some sort of a journaling and reflecting mode to then find out what's what's bringing up these questions and negative feelings or I would do the opposite and go into a self-care mode and you know give myself a foot soak and just treat myself with hot chocolate or something do something that actually makes you feel good to to out you know balance it out and all of that only can happen or has only happened for me when I realized and I've tracked my cycle I'm like hold on a second this yeah this is this is me day 20 or this is me day 23 and I'm like okay that's okay because it's and that's the other thing for me what I struggled with long before I started cycle tracking like throughout my early 20s is you get sucked in that spiral right but um sometimes it's just it's just understanding and accepting that it's it's a it's a cycle again back to cycles and patterns that this is only going to last me what few days this does not it's not a permanent state it's not like i've gone downhill and i can never come back cuz that's the scary bit 
Yeah, 100%. So I guess it, it really, in a nutshell, it just mm-hmm. provides us with so much awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I think um, I'm kind of playing around with this quote in my head now that all all of the sort of, you know, spiritual sages in all of history, all throughout time, they basically have one predominant first message on your spiritual journey, which is know thyself. And for me, it's like, yeah, and that starts with your body. Mm. So that whole set of awareness, whatever your journey is in your life, you need to know what's happening with you first, because the way you interpret the world, the way you see it is through you. You experience it fully with your body. And if you don't know what your body is doing, what it's reacting to, then you're not fully experiencing it in its fullest sense. It's always going to be through a different lens, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, thank you for sharing that. That's really, um, really kind of interesting to to hear someone else's story with, with regards to kind of really tuning no. into those cycles. And yeah. It's been... No, I want to know more about you, actually, because um, <laughs> there's like, as I said, I've been I've been telling everybody about Period Power by Maisie Hill. Um, but I haven't come across somebody who's actually done it, you know, for the last few months and like where you are. It'll be really interesting to find out more. Yeah, well, I, I would definitely be adding the book to my reading list. I mean, I've seen um, a lot about it already, but I, I'm, I have a terrible habit of starting a book and then starting another one two weeks later. So, <laughs> Oh, gosh, you should see the pile on my night table. It's like a tower of books that I have half read that's it yeah but um no in terms of tracking my cycle I think more than anything I think I'm just becoming more and more aware of um that I do need to slow down at the beginning of the cycle and really honoring that because I think I definitely have a tendency to just kind of push through Mm. um and and I I did that this uh this time around uh, because I just had a lot of work on but that meant that yeah, the, the next kind of few days have been very, yeah, very kind of low energy. And obviously that's not helpful to anyone. So, um, yeah, so I guess it's it's really about honouring um, honoring each phase. Um, and listening and yeah. to your body. That, you yeah. Know, like everything boils down to that, really. Yeah, 100%. Mm. So kind of to wrap this up I guess what are your goals for the coming year for Kindred and Wild and and yourself too? Ah interesting so um, I'm not very good with goals I'm not I I have no streak of omission in me so I've been setting intentions for the last two years and they have worked wonders Mm. it's amazing because suddenly it's not a deadline it's it's a continual process yeah it's an invitation almost isn't it yeah and it's almost like um I think also uh, goals kind of seem quite um, rigid to me Mm. whereas intention is a bit more fluid yeah and I and I I love that because again it's it's not like if I intend something to do for this year it doesn't mean that I have to have done it by August you know it's like oh but I, I haven't done it 100% but I've done it 50% which is 50% more than last year so I've still achieved my intention so it's a bit like a bit more foolproof and feel good um so the intention for 
next year is to try and have a separate space for Kindred and Wild because at the moment I do everything from home in my kitchen and um, I would really love to have either some sort of a workshop space or like a dedicated separate area in a, or a shed or something just mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. take it out of your home and living space because it's starting to get a little bit you know spraying out everywhere yeah. it was contained to a room and then I would do my lab days in the kitchen once in a while but now it's a bit like yeah there's books everywhere <laughs> there's like things like strewn everywhere so it's a bit it'll be nice to have a dedicated space so I, I think also it kind of makes it more serious Mm. like like you know like oh no this this is like a business now because you've got like a separate space or a workshop studio for it um whereas right now it it kind of still sometimes feels like a really expensive hobby because <laughs> right. I'm, I'm still at home I'm still like you know labeling stuff in front of the tv and stuff like that so I'm like hmm, it'd be nice to have a business space yeah have that separation mm-hmm but also with the intentions i tend to i t- i tend to send them set them for spring because for me it's it just feels a lot more aligned with like the energy rising so much so i use the winter time january specifically to actually reflect and take stock of how the last year has been and then sort of really do a bit more meditation a bit more inward thinking and you know, look out for what's my intuition saying and then set intentions that way. So I kind of, this is, this is a general intention that I think I want for next year, but possibly by January it might have changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's, it's a nice way to, to approach things again um, and giving yourself a bit of space over winter when it, when it is naturally kind of that downtime, Mm -hmm. uh, we want to kind of be inside and cozy um and yeah so it's having that downtime is is I guess again going back to what we've just said obviously is an important part of uh, the yearly cycle as well yeah definitely I think it's going back to the same kind of um as I said like the seasons of the year kind of um paralleling in the seasons of the moon or you know the women's cycles uh yeah that will be the time where you kind of sit down and rest and reflect and kind of set intentions for the next year and then with spring as the kind of new life starts to come out and you're starting to feel a bit more energetic and that's kind of I mean where you would sow the metaphorical seeds for the next year in a way so yeah it it kind of makes complete sense to Mm. yeah I like that (laughs) so where can people find you um people can find me at uh, www.kindredwild.co.uk or I'm on Instagram uh, by the name of Kindred Wild. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. I really, really enjoyed that. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be so, so grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can find this podcast too. See you next week.